My friends, today we continue the sermon series, Faith Foundations. The, the idea behind this is that we're looking at those fundamental, those basic, those foundational things that if they're off, it can have serious spiritual repercussions later on. Uh, two weeks ago when we began this, we looked at the very simple question, who is God? Last week, Pastor Cook showed us that the importance of the authority of Scripture, and not just saying that, yes, the Bible is authoritative, but, but then showing that in, in living our lives according to it. Well, what Pastor Cook last week laid was kind of like the bricks. Today's more the, the mortar in between the bricks. It's, it's the details. So today we're going to look at, at how to interpret, how to understand the Bible, and we're going to look at five key things to help us understand the Bible. Now, there are other keys to understanding, but we're just going to look at these five. The first is this. You need the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, a question may come up is, who exactly is the Holy Spirit? Um, the, the short answer to that is, go back to YouTube and watch the sermon from two weeks ago. Uh, covered who God is and how he describes himself. And, and he describes himself as triune, as, as God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father who, who created us and, and sent his Son Jesus. God the Son Jesus who, who came here and lived that perfect life and died on the cross for us. And then God the Holy Spirit who, who takes that news and creates faith in our hearts and strengthens our faith. So, so very simply, who is the Holy Spirit? He is the, the third person of the triune God. And we need Him. Going back to the first reading I, I read today, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is what Paul says. He says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to, to understand the Bible. Um, th this, this last two days, uh, my family and I, we went up to Wisconsin for two weddings, one on Friday, one in uh, on Saturday, and both had their receptions at barns that had been converted into reception halls. Really beautiful. But in the middle of nowhere. And the only way we could find it was that GPS on the phone. That Google Maps app. With it, we got there. Without it, we would have been lost. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We need Him, because without Him, we'd be lost. Paul put it this way, there are things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Things that, that were hidden, that are hidden, just like finding a, a location in the middle of a valley somewhere where the reception is, you need that GPS, it has to be revealed to us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps us. He reveals things to us. 
you remember, two weeks ago, when we started the sermon series, we talked about God and, and how higher His ways and His thoughts are way above ours. We, we can't understand His thinking. We can't understand His thinking. But He has revealed some things to us that He does want us to know. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because the Holy Spirit touches this and this. And that's good. Because our second key is you can't rely on your heart. You can't trust what's here. It seems like every Disney movie has the message that you, you just look at yourself, you, you have it within you. Well, if, if you're talking about maybe learning volleyball or some sport, and, and you, you go to practice, and you practice, and you practice, and, and eventually you get muscle memory. You, you just know what to do without really thinking about it. Well, that's true. You're going to have it within you. But that doesn't happen after one practice. And that certainly does not happen spiritually. Because what is in here? What, what is in our heart? Do, do you know how the Bible describes what's here? This is what the Bible says. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. That's what comes out of our heart. Don't trust this. The Apostle Paul in our sermon text put it this way. He said, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Paul talks about the wisdom of this world and God's wisdom. And they do not agree. They're, they're opposite of each other. That's why the book of Proverbs says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, so, so how does this play out then when you read the Bible? Well, you can't put this over what the Bible says. perfect example of that would be Holy Communion. It's real easy for you to think there's no way that it's possible that Christ's body and blood is really present with the bread and wine. It just doesn't make sense, so it, it can't be true. And yet, what does Jesus clearly say? This is my body. This is my blood. Yes, God's given us a mind, but you can't use this to dictate what you believe. You can't trust this and, and this. And so that takes us to our third key. Let Scripture speak for itself. You know, there, there are a lot of different... Um, well, th this is a big way where you get... Multiple people looking at the Bible and coming away with completely different ideas of what it says. Because there, there's different um, 
forms of speech, and, and they're in the Bible. You know, there's, there's historical narrative, which is just that. It's, it's a historical record of, of what someone said, what someone did, what happened next. Um, in the Bible, we have what we call the Gospels, those four biographies of Jesus, and they say what Jesus did, what he said, and how people reacted is, is historical narrative. But you also have in the Bible poetry. And actually today we, we read responsively part of that poetry, uh, Psalm 119. The, the Psalms in the Old Testament are, are poetry. Except Hebrew poetry is not like uh, English poetry. You have a lot more rhyming in English, but there's no rhyming in Hebrew. Uh, in Hebrew poetry, it's, it's more these parallel or contrasting thoughts. In the Bible, you also have a lot of letters or epistles, they're called. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of those to churches he had started. He, he gives them teaching and advice and, and correction and encouragement. 1 Corinthians, we're, we're going through this right here. That, that's an example of a letter he wrote. And then there's also a little, um, you call it vision. Book of Revelation is a perfect example of that. Where so much is, is, is um, it's a vision, it's... it's symbolism. It's, it's this pick word picture. And when you're reading Scripture, you just let Scripture speak for itself and tell you what it is. Because when you don't, that, that's when you get in, into trouble. Like you, you read a part of the uh, historical narrative, a, a gospel, and just because it says something, it describes something, that does not mean God wants us to repeat it. John the Baptist. He's described as someone that wore camel clothes, camel skin, and ate locusts, think grasshoppers, and wild honey. That's how John the Baptist is described. That does not mean God wants us to wear camel skin and eat grasshoppers and wild honey. Uh, the Bible says Jacob had multiple wives. It's described that way. That does not mean God wants us to have multiple spouses and live in polygamy. Just because something is described in the Bible does not mean it's prescribed or, or demanded of us. Let Scripture speak for itself. Maybe a great example of that is back when I was in, in school, studying to be a pastor, I volunteered with a prison ministry. And every week we'd, we'd go to a prison and lead a, a Bible study. And we weren't the only ones doing it. A lot of other churches and, and other people were doing that. And sometimes the inmates would go to every Bible study they could, no matter who was leading it. Well, after one lesson, I taught, ended just a few minutes early, and one of the guys had a question. And he asked about this other study he had gone to, and, and they were going through the, the miracle of Jesus feeding the, the 5,000. Except his question was that, well, he, he was taught at that other class that Actually, this wasn't a miracle. Uh, what it was was a lesson in, in sharing. That, that he was told at the other class back then that everyone had these little pouches or whatever and had little, little food packs that they brought with them, kind of like little Lunchables in case they needed a snack. And, and, and Jesus used this boy who had some fish and bread as an example that everyone should share the little that they did have. And um, I told him, well, that's not what... The Bible actually says. So I actually got out the Bible. We read the very verses, and he said, yeah, that's, um, that other guy was wrong. Just let Scripture 
speak for itself. But sometimes you read Scripture, you read the Bible, and there, there are parts that are just really hard to understand. Well, that's where our next key comes in then, and that's this. Let use Scripture to interpret Scripture. Use the, the easy-to-understand parts help you understand the, the difficult parts. Another way of saying it, just keep reading. A great example of that is, is our, our Wednesday men's Bible class. Right now, we're, we're just finishing up going through the book of Hebrews. I don't know if you know the background of Hebrews. Hebrews was written to these Hebrews, these Jews, who had converted to Christianity. But they were being pulled back, and pulled back and being told that they had to do these things in order to get to heaven. And so the writer to the Hebrews is, is encouraging them, no, stay fixed on Jesus, focus on Him. And so what the writer to the Hebrews does is he quotes and references all these Old Testament passages. So in order to understand Hebrews, you've got to look back at these references to get what this is really saying. So you use Scripture to help you understand Scripture. Use the easy things to help you understand the difficult things. And then... The last point here, the last key is this. You use, the, the Holy Spirit uses other Christians to help us. Let's go back to what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. We need each other. We need other fellow Christians to explain to us spiritual truths with spirit-taught words. Um, and I'm going to go back to what Paul said here. He said, this is what we speak. We need each other. I mean, that's why we've been having these small growth groups. That's why we have adult Bible studies. That's why it's so good to gather in person together for worship. That's why in, in worship services, we often use those creeds, the, the Nicene and the Apostles' Creed. We need other Christians to, to help them um, explain things or, or, or teach us some of the things we don't know or don't understand, whether those Christians are right here or even those who have gone before us. We need each other. Because you see, there is a problem. A problem that we all have. And it's a mute button. I don't know if you've seen this meme on social media. It's something to the effect of, do you have to turn down the radio in order to read the, the street signs? I, I, I had to do that yesterday. Because for whatever reason, you, you can't focus on one thing when you're distracted by all these other things, right? So the, the problem is, sometimes we push that mute button on God's Word when we focus on something else. And that then shows itself. I mean, you can even have that mute button on when you're at church. You hear it, but you're not paying attention to it. 
And, and that mute button, it, when we're muting God's word, that, that shows itself. And I've seen it so many times in how we um, post on social media, in the words we use to each other. That, that's a problem, that, that muting God's word. But the Holy Spirit has revealed the solution. The solution that God the Father so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That solution that that Jesus, God's Son, gave His life on that cross for all the times we mute when we should be listening. That solution that has been revealed by the Holy Spirit through His Word and and touches this and, and, and this. And so, don't mute God's Word. Amplify it. We've all become very familiar with Zoom meetings right now, right? So it's one of the first things you do. You mute yourself. And make sure you can hear the person speaking. So maybe you have to turn up your speaker. That's what we need to do with God's Word. We, we mute everything else and amplify God's Word. We need that. We need the Holy Spirit. That was our first key, right? Because the second one is we can't trust what's here. And so just let Scripture speak for itself. Take it for what it says. And, and when there's difficult parts, then you, you use the easy parts to help you understand the difficult parts. And, and then our last key, right, is that we need each other. And so uh, with that last point in mind, if there are any parts of the Bible that you just have questions on, I would love if you put those questions on, on the connection cards. And for you online, uh, put them in the comments online or in the online uh, connect connection card. And, and later this week, I'm going to try to answer as many of those in a little quick uh, social media video because we need each other. So, when you are there to get ready to, um, to learn, to uh, amplify God's Word, one last thing. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. This last week, as I was preparing for the sermon, I, I prayed, Lord, Holy Spirit. And I stopped because I felt really awkward. Lord God Almighty, fine. Lord Jesus Christ, fine. Lord, Holy Spirit, a little awkward. But absolutely fine. So why don't we close today with a prayer to the Holy Spirit to help us amplify God's Word in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, work through Your Word. Lord, help us to see what the Father has done in sending the Son. Help us to see Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Help us to understand Your Word which You've given to us. And Lord, every day, Help us to to mute then the, the, the things that distract and rather to amplify what you tell us. And then, 
Holy Spirit, help us to live as you want us to. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.